It could be media, social media, shows, um, music. It could be any kind of experience. And these are not necessarily bad things. They're gifts from God, but we're using them, we're relying on them more than we rely upon God and upon his promises. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. This is the Every Moment His podcast, coming to you from Kearney. That's right. K-Town, Nebraska. K-Town. Yep. Yep. Center of the United States, pretty much. Also the tundra. Yeah, no kidding. It is cold today. We are in a polar vortex, I think. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, what they were going to call this thing, because it's how it's like a high of eight degrees or something like that. Today. I think it's just called really cold. <laughs> yeah, it's just very, it, it definitely reminds me of the Canadian winters a little bit. There is something nice about it, though. Like, I did go out and snow blow when it was negative eight uh, in the, the evening a couple nights ago, and there's something just nice and brisk about it. Yeah. If you got the right gear on. Yeah, and I, especially if there's no wind. Right. I think the wind plus the minus eight degrees outside just takes, I mean, it's just very hard to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. So okay. we are addressing a question as we approach Lent. Yeah. And by the way, don't know if you got the memo, but Lent is starting. Next The season Wednesday. of Lent. Yeah, it starts yeah. on Wednesday. This podcast comes out on Sunday, so uh, Wednesday few days away. And, and Lent um, is, is what? Uh, Lent is a season in the church year associated with the springtime as we're moving towards spring, uh, where we enter into a time of reflection, of, of repentance, of remembering our deep need for Jesus so that we might fully celebrate and savor Easter. Uh, I often think of Lent as sort of a valley that we go into with Christ as he walks toward the cross and we come out in this mountaintop experience called mm. Easter. Mm. It, it's actually kind of two mountains and a valley in between because this Sunday, the day this podcast is coming out, is the day of transfiguration where we mm. go up onto the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus. He's revealed in his glory as God's beloved son and we get a, a faint picture of the resurrection a little bit right right and, and so then we go into this valley of suffering on the way to the cross and then we come out on the other side at his glorious resurrection and so that that is lent in a nutshell um and and we're really so lent kind of creeps up on us sometimes mm. like oh wow like tomorrow's ash wednesday <laughs> and sometimes i think we may not always be prepared to observe the season well, if that's part of our, our piety. Uh, and so we want to talk today about, um, should I give something up for Lent? Yeah, should I, should I fast during Lent? Right. Uh, which means uh, you, you run fast, right? No. No, it means, you know, I always found like, Lent is a bit of a hard sell a lot of times if, you know, if you're maybe an outsider to the Christian world and you can say, you know what, we're going to um, intentionally think about our death 
and <laughs> our sins. Yeah, and our we're need gonna for Christ, we're gonna yeah. like kind of drudge up our sinful lives a little bit and inspect mm-hmm. things and think. Do some spring cleaning. Yeah, and feel bad about them, and you're like, people are like, you know, I don't, I'd rather not. I'd rather do March Madness. <laughs> yeah, March Madness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd rather have a bracket, you know. Right, uh, and um, I'll, I'll be sad if my team loses, but I'm not going to intentionally be dour, you know. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's what you're into, you know. Maybe you're into being sad. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, it's, and I think it's more than being sad. I think it's, it's sobering up a little bit mm-hmm. and looking at our lives honestly and recognizing that we're mortal, that we're broken, sinful people for the purpose of understanding more deeply the love that God has for us in Christ and, and meditating on the great depths to which God would go to win us back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's bitter and sweet at the same time. Okay. And so there, there's kind of a hopeful soberness that we enter into. Yeah. That doesn't sound so bad. You're, no. you're winning me over here, John. All right. Um, so with, uh, with that, we're going to really focus in on the idea of fasting. Yeah, giving something up, foregoing something for a season. Uh, for withholding. A, withholding yeah. something intentionally. And, you know, I have a joke. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. All right. And it's actually not a joke. See, I don't have jokes, but I have a meme Okay. And once again, memes don't have their full power when they are not visual. But it's perfect medium for a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Well, so I saw a meme last year, you know, obviously in 2020, during Lent, we entered into the lockdowns. And I remember seeing a, a meme that said, I didn't plan on giving up this much for Lent. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Just giving up everything. <laughs> We're going to give up everything. Going out to eat. Oh, that's interesting. Seeing people, <laughs> you know. You know, I think in some ways, um, this is actually a really good way to think about Lent because the experience of the shutdowns, the experience of the masks and the pandemic stuff has really, it's almost like an appointed fast. A little bit, world. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some things are just taken off the table and yeah. then you're that limitation forces you to grapple with your desires a little bit mm-hmm. and how dependent you are on certain things and maybe yeah. to, s- to s- just stop and slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's the positive outcome of, of the shutdowns is just to say, man, maybe we were just so busy that right. we, we didn't deal with our family stuff you know, or we struggled here, or we really had been neglecting um, God's word in our life. Yeah, I think it was a lot of both. I mean, I think that it complicated things that were already complicated, or it allowed us space. Like, I think that everybody has probably used and misused the pandemic Mm. in some some different ways. But um, so uh, as we begin here, um, I'm kind of wrestling with this question of, you know, as Lutherans, do we have a habit for even giving something up for Lent? I've been asking around the office a little bit to some of our other staff members. And by and large, so far, you know, most people have said, no, that was kind of a Roman Catholic thing. My Roman Catholic friends would talk about giving things up for Lent, maybe chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) Or, 
Uh, I remember I had a, fr a Roman Catholic friend in, in elementary school or, or middle school who would give up. He said he was giving up swearing for Lent. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then know. Easter, he was just going to let it rip. He was just going <laughs> to drop a bunch of F-bombs on Easter, I guess. He wasn't just burying the alleluias for right. Lent. He was <laughs> burying the, uh, the, the curse words. But um, So anyways, uh, not necessarily something that's part of our immediate tradition, However, if we go back farther, it, it probably is. But um, yeah. So, what was your experience? Did you ever remember people giving things up? Just, just vaguely. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a major thing. I remember it maybe being emphasized a few years at the church I attended in Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. Emmanuel. But then it was kind of like a it was a bit of a moral challenge. Like, hey, um, yeah, give up something, a bad habit, maybe or uh, give up complaining, you know, and try yeah. to try to move towards self-discipline in one area of your life. So I, I don't think that it was completely off base, and uh, but it wasn't really a strong emphasis every year of Lent mm -hmm. for me. How about for you? Yeah, I think, well, and so when I came into the church in high school and then later into the L Lutheran church, I think I began to hear about it and I remember practicing fasting a little bit with some friends. I just remember that we got super hungry and went to Village Inn <laughs> <laughs> at about midnight. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so anyways, I, I, I remember it being kind of a thing, but not all that structured. And so, you know, I think that instinctively L Lutherans have some concerns about anything associated with Lent. And so I think that mm -hmm. most Lutherans are cool with, let's go to church on Wednesday evenings. But a lot of Lutherans have had an aversion to say Ash Wednesday, like that's a Roman Catholic thing. It's only been in the last, I think, 20 years that Lutherans have really practiced Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because, you know, a lot of the Lutherans used to be Roman Catholics and they're like, hey, this makes sense to me. Yeah. But something like uh, giving something up for Lent or fasting, we, we may say that's Roman Catholic because Roman Catholics are required to do things. Mm -hmm. It's a mandatory, obligatory thing that you can't eat, you know, red meat on Fridays. Right. Which honestly is kind of a low ball it's <laughs> kind a of soft thing. Ball like, there. Yeah. like, really, is, is that, I mean, well, and, and I, I do like it's like smart business people. They're like, hey, <laughs> fish fry, y'all. Yeah. You know, come come and have some, some fried fish and, and enjoy Lent. <laughs> so you're saying that we can't eat red meat. Yeah. I think that means that we're just going to drink beer and eat fish. <laughs> Which sounds awesome. Yeah, and play know. bingo. No problem. <laughs> right. Good uh, deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there is that kind of negative connotation. of, And I've heard this from actually a Baptist friend of mine. She said, you know, that we shouldn't be showing ashes on our forehead, publishing to the world that we're going to fast. And there's some biblical reason for that, right? Jesus yeah, says in Matthew six, yeah, when you fast, mm -hmm. don't put ashes on your head and look sad and all that stuff. Yeah, and said, be like, yeah. oh, my stomach yeah. hurts. I'm oh, so hungry. Man, I want coffee so bad. <laughs> you know, but rather keep it in secret between you and God. Right. So I think there's a there is an error when we want to say fasting is part of my everybody look how good I am I'm mm -hmm. really doing this Christian thing just really nailing it I fast twice a week you know kind of like the Pharisee in, yeah, in right. Luke Luke 18 yeah, yeah and but there is 
we can overcorrect and miss what Jesus says there. He says, when you do fast. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that he's assuming his followers are going to be fasting. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and I think instinctively Lutherans, we sometimes want to make sure that we're not doing these practices to earn the favor or forgiveness of God. It's by grace alone we are saved through faith yeah. and not by works. So fasting sounds like a work, and so you can't earn God's approval. Zero okay, works. <laughs> we get it, but that doesn't mean you should throw out the thing that Jesus maybe said is a good thing to do. So uh, we've got four thoughts we want to share on this whole fasting during Lent thing, or just fasting in general. You know, thought number one is this. In the Bible, we do see people fasting. It's a, it's a pretty assumed practice, like people just... Yeah, everybody fasts mm-hmm. if they're devoted to God. Uh, and they do this so they can pray and focus on God, so they can declutter, so they can focus on the purposes that God has for them. And so, for example, Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, he's in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights, and mm. what's he doing? He's fasting. He's fasting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you think it is weird. So here's what I think is one thing behind here. Um, is that, you know, why are people fasting? Why did Jesus fast? It does just shut down all the rest of the motivations for a while. And it, it um, I think it gets our bodies involved in, in the spiritual pursuit. You know, it's like Westerners do tend to think it's all in your head. You yeah. know, it's like it's a cognitive knowledge. And we we don't think about if the, the Old Testament, it's like, love the Lord your God with all your, your strength. What does that even mean? Yeah. We don't really have good conceptions of what it means to use our bodies in, in the pursuit of our vocations and in worship. And so this is, for this reason, I, I love the sacraments, which help us get out of our headspace and into a, a physical realm or crossing yourself as a practice, mm-hmm. reminding yourself of your baptism in the cross or fasting seems to be fitting really well in this category that you're a human physical creature, yeah. embodied creature. Use your body as you worship, as you yeah. pray. Yeah. yeah, in a sacrificial way, you know, to recognize that you are dust and ashes and that you depend on God for everything and that you need him more than you need bread mm-hmm. or coffee. Yeah. <laughs> And, and just to say, I'm, I'm going to shut down all the other turbines going on in my yeah. body, in my head, and just physically focus on prayer. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in Mark 2.20, uh, interesting verse here, um, some of the disciples of John were asking the disciples of Jesus why they don't fast, because the disciples of John, the Baptist, fasted. The disciples of uh, Jesus did not, apparently, and Jesus says, you know, when you have the bridegroom with you, how can you fast? Jesus is saying, the Son of God is with you. Uh, how could you fast? He's here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, festive kind of time. But then he says in Mark 2.20, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. This is the ascension. Christ is hidden from our eyes until he returns or is revealed. And then they will fast in that day. And so that fasting, I think Jesus is saying that fasting for the Christian is somehow related to the visual absence of Christ, that we're longing for him. We're, we're, you know, what does it say in the mm. Psalms? 
that uh, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Yeah. Yeah. So in fasting, there's some kind of a parallel going on where you're recognizing not everything is right. You know, and yeah. the thing that my heart desires most is not there. I think just thinking about this, I think there's a spiritual health to that because when you don't get what you want, mm-hmm. what do you do in general in life? Well, if it's food, you get hangry. Yeah, yeah. Or if you if you have a desire that's unmet in your heart, you tend to reach for whatever's convenient. You tend you know, mm-hmm. so if you're anxious, you know, and you struggle with alcohol, you might reach to alcohol, right? If you, mm-hmm. or food, you know, if yeah. you're, if you're stressed out and you can't get that peace, you just, you get that satiation feeling. Right. And I think that's an unhealthy spiritual reaction. That man, I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Time for some Jimmy John's. And similarly yeah. with, you know, what are we truly longing for is the presence of God right? Mm-hmm. to be, you know, the food that we won't be hungry anymore. Yeah. And so, it's kind of saying I'm gonna I'm gonna come to terms with that longing, and I'm not going to fill myself to avoid that longing. I'm actually gonna go towards it. Right, because sometimes we don't even know we're not even aware of what's going on inside of us because we cover it up with substances, mm-hmm. you know, and or with experiences, Stimulus, yeah. you know, with it could be media, social media shows, um, music. Um, it could be any kind of experience. And these are not necessarily bad things. They're gifts from God, but we're using them, we're relying on them more than we rely upon God and upon his promises. So thought number two is that, you know, in the history of the church, Christians have often joined together in fasting so they can focus on Christ and then also discipline their sinful nature. We call this uh, mortification is also the name of a of a heavy metal band <laughs> sweet yes mortification yeah um so uh i think they're a christian heavy metal band it would make sense yeah it's a very yeah. theological term i don't think it exists outside of mortification <laughs> yeah so <laughs> uh have to have them come play here sometime yeah uh, they're pro- i think they're kind of like they're probably retired by now so. maybe they'll do it cheap then yeah <laughs> come to the state fair <laughs> That's where bands always go. I saw Pat Benatar at the State Fair because what are you going to do when you're past your prime? Just do, you the, do the rounds of the fairs. Yeah, so, uh, so Christians have, have traditionally observed seasons of fasting. Now, we have freedom as Christians, so we might choose to fast on a particular day, a particular season, particular circumstances, but often Christians have fasted during Lent, also during Advent, Advent is a fasting time. And uh, the, at the time of the Reformation, they had these other two times in like May and September. So kind of one time each quarter, these are called Ember Days, where the church would devote themselves to some fasting and also to um, going to church extra to hear the, the basics of the faith preached on the catechism. Mm-hmm. So at the time of Martin Luther, it was standard to get together to hear sermons on, say, the Ten Commandments or the Lord's Prayer uh, during these ember days. So it's just, ca- you know, it's, it's a lot like we do now. It's the, it's yeah. the Lent midweek. Mm-hmm. You're going to just allow yourself to focus. You know, yeah. Allow yourself to be in God's presence more. 
So, you know, Lent is a time where we can clear distractions from our lives so we can walk with Jesus to the cross, pray with him in Gethsemane, and wait for the joy of the resurrection on Easter. However, that leads us to thought number three. We ought to avoid legalism. Okay, and again, legalism meaning? Uh, You have to, you must. If you don't, then... um, it's You're a second-rate Christian, yeah. or possibly not not saved. Yeah, so, you know, because I fast during Lent, therefore I am superior to you spiritually and look down upon you. That would be a legalistic move. Or where we start to make all these rules about requirements. And so an example would be in the Roman Catholic Church, where it is required that you would fast during Lent. Now, I think that it's kind of a lowest common denominator fast, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, just don't eat hot dogs on Friday and, <laughs> and beef sticks and, you yeah. know, steaks and stuff. Don't go to McDonald's. If you go, get the chicken nuggets. Um, at least, yeah, at least get the chicken nuggets. But definitely go to the fish fry. You know, I mean, it, that I, that's a mandatory fast for any serious Roman Catholic um, we don't make that move in the Lutheran church, but I think we go to the opposite extreme, mm-hmm. which is to say, well, we don't really do this. Yeah, so, you know, to say, okay, Jesus doesn't command this. There are some things that Jesus commands, right? Jesus commands that we would remain in his word. Yeah. He commands that we pray. He commands that we would receive him in the in the sacrifice, or the, in the altar. Yeah, in the Lord's Supper. Yeah, receive him there. So to say to Christians, you should be doing these things is not legalistic. It's not, but if we make like really specific requirements, mm-hmm. like you must give something up for Lent, you must do it on these days, and it must be these things. I think that's where we get into the realm of legalism. So, you know, calling something sin that's not sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have freedom right. as Christians to say, you know, during this season, I'm, I'm going to observe these disciplines, and then I'm not during this other one. Uh, you know, we have just some great scriptures here, too. You know, the early church struggled with legalism, especially with the law of Moses. And so in Colossians 2, verse 16, Paul says, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. And basically Paul's saying, like, some people in the early church thought the Sabbath on Saturday, you know, Friday evening to Saturday evening was the day that you worshiped God and other Christians were like, no, because they did not have Jewish roots. And, and Paul mm-hmm. says, you know, just be convinced in your own mind and honor that day to the Lord. Or Romans 14, 4 says, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Uh, it is before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another while another esteems all days alike, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, or could even say the season, right, of Lent, (laughs) observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. And that's, that's a text right there that's often used at funerals, but it's not about literal death. He's talking about if you die to yourself, 
if you choose to deny yourself a certain pleasure or gift from God for a season, you're doing that to the Lord. Hmm. If you choose to give thanks to God and receive something, you're doing it to the Lord. You're doing both of them to God's glory. Hmm. Um, so we don't want to be legalists. So let's, um, I think I'm going to do two quick examples, but one is, okay, most of the time Christians worship on Sundays now, mm-hmm. but a legalistic move would be to say you must worship on Sunday or else you're not a Christian. Yeah. And, you know, so for people who, you know, are in sports, things like that, it wouldn't be, it would be legalistic to say, you know, you know, you're going off to baseball um, every Sunday you're not a Christian because you're doing that. But it would not be legalistic to say to them, don't neglect the worship of God and find a find a time that works for your schedule because this mm-hmm. is what the Lord would invite you into. So don't sever that relationship. Right, because, you know, it's, it's not negotiable whether we worship or not. Right. <laughs> like that is Jesus commanded that we gather as Christians, but the day on which we do it, is not really important as much as the heart that we're doing it. Yeah. And so Christians, let's say we had a, a Monday night service. We don't, but let's say we did. That's a time to worship. Uh, yeah, so legalism tries to go beyond the commandment of gotcha. God. Yeah. Gotcha. It tries to bind us mm-hmm. to where God hasn't bound us. Well, I think an example would, so here's an example for, for me as, as a pastor to say, as a Christian, we should fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's legalism. No. Because Jesus kind of assumes that we would, and it is a kind of a countercultural move in our supersize me, get the most I can kind Never of culture. Never deny yourself a pleasure. Never deny yeah, yourself yeah. a pleasure, yeah. So, um, and, and I would want to know, if we're not going to fast at all, what's our reason for not doing it? And is it a valid reason? Mm-hmm. But for me to say, as a Christian, you must give something up for Lent. No, that's going too far. Yeah, that's that's like legalism. We're all gonna fast for Lent, and if you're not gonna fast, you're not part of the church. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's legalism. Gotcha. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm. Not freedom to sin, but freedom that you know we have flexibility on these things. So right. Saint Augustine once said that differences in fasting should not divide the church, meaning that we have freedom in when we fast or when we don't fast. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, So thought number four um, is a promotion, right? Um, Fasting is a good spiritual practice, and Lent is a prime opportunity to Mm -hmm. fast. It is. Um, And so it's a good way to turn everything down. I think... You know, we live in this world where we're just constantly bombarded messages, constantly bombarded with advertisements that kind of entice this. our desires. <laughs> but wait, there's <Yeah>. more. <laughs> and it can yeah. really string you out, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think, what would it feel like, dear listener, if you just said, I'm going to stop some of those things. Or I'm, I am going to actually, um, I'm going to pick a day of the week where I'm not going to eat, um, you know, for eight hours. Maybe I just skip lunch. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. skip lunch. And, I'm and just I give that time to prayer. Exactly. And I think this is where, so I I began to do fasting more for health 
curiosity. Like mm-hmm. I do intermittent fasting. And I haven't really done it in a serious way for spirituality. But what I'm finding is, you know, intermittent fasting just basically says I'm not going to eat um, for a certain window of time. I'm not going to eat until like 2 p.m. Um, and I found that that gives you more more time. We spend a lot of time trying to feed ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we're uncomfortable with the, the hunger. We're uncomfortable with the quiet, with the silence. And you're like, what should I do with myself right now? And I think that's the spiritual um, benefit of fasting is you're just going to say, I'm going to stop uh, this, this, ser- this frantic search for the next thing. Yeah. I'm going to enter into a time of quietness and even hunger. And maybe even sit with my feelings of discontent right. and, and even sadness or disappointment and just really bring that to the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and some cautions here. So a couple cautions. Don't fast to earn God's favor, to get right with God. That's only through the suffering, death, the merit of Jesus Christ. Um, but also don't negate fasting you know, just write it off and say that's for super Christians. No, it's just for Christians. And, but my other caution would be, you know, don't, some people I think will grab onto a a concept like this and they'll be like, all right, here we go. This is like P90X, you know, (laughs) or CrossFit. Like I'm going to give up everything for Or like, I'm going to do the Jesus fast. I'll do 40 days. Yeah. I'm not going to eat anything. Yeah. And, and, and so like, we might be like, I'm going to give up coffee. I'm going to give up beer. I'm going to give up like Hardcore, meat. yeah. I'm going to go crazy at this. No secular music. Like I'm not going to watch any TV. And then about a weekend, you're like, wait, let's, let's maybe what I meant was this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but on the other hand, don't kind of lowball it where you're like, you know, I'm just going to give up cookies for Lent, you know, <laughs> unless cookies is like a big deal every day. You know, I mean like, and because sometimes I think people will give up things for Lent because they're like, what I really want is to lose weight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, I'm going to give up this thing that's, like, not a big deal. Like, yeah, I'm going to give up cookies, but just on these days. And, you know, really, like, look, I would say look at what is that thing that is getting in the way of me knowing and following Jesus and, and connecting with him. Look at that thing and, and try to find a practice that's going to be reasonable, that's going to challenge you but not kill you. Yeah, and, and I think I like what you noticed is like a lot of people will do fasting as a fitness goal, as a weight loss goal. And so the goal for fasting shouldn't be personal gain necessarily. Yeah. But the goal of fasting should be to make space to invite God into your life and into yeah. your mind space. So just some examples here. Like you might need to just turn down the noise in your life right now. You might have 24-hour cable news on mm. and you just need to, to just turn that off and say, I'm only going to watch the news at 10 o'clock. That's it. I'm not going to have Fox News, CNN on all the time. Or maybe your thing is that you know, I'm just going to take a break from listening to the radio in the car on my commute. I'm mm-hmm. just going to have silence. Use that to pray. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. use it to pray because you don't just take something away. You add something That's in right. its place, which is prayer and the Word of God. Or you might say, you know, I am just 
going to let go of video games or I'm going to get off of social media or I'm going to take a day where I where I fast from my phone for eight hours. Yeah. Or I'm going to take one meal a week, one lunch, and I'm going to... Yeah, and, and I would say also do the buddy system. Mm. Like find a friend and say, let's do this together. Let's keep each other accountable. Let's maybe do the same devotion together. Um, but also don't go around and brag about it, right? Because then yeah. you got to go back to square one. It's like, wait, why are we doing this again? Right. Because sometimes I think people will like give up coffee, say, and they're like, oh my gosh, I got such a bad headache. Yeah. Did everybody know that I gave up coffee? Yeah, right. Here we go. I can't Ticking. wait for coffee to come. Can't back wait to go life. to Starbucks. Yeah. And it's like, well, go to complain to God about that. Exactly. <laughs> you can do yeah, that. Yeah, He's yeah. like, Lord, I'm stricken, smitten, and afflicted because I want caffeine so bad. Help me to know you and trust you as much <laughs> as I, I love caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those are some good parameters. So yeah. you know, maybe if you're brand new, just pick one thing. Yeah. Practice. It's all about yeah. practice. Like, get curious and practice. You're going to learn a lot about yourself and yeah. your, your limitations. Well, so a good one is our phones. You know, it's like, I think, super healthy. Just one day a week, say it's Saturday, you know, you want to hang out with your family or do something fun with your life, meaningful. And you're going to say, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to charge my phone on Friday night or something like that. I'm just going to put it, it away. Yeah. Mortification I'm gonna of my phone. I'm going to turn it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, mortification of that battery. Um, but then, okay, what what's going to happen in your heart when that happens? You're going to say, oh my gosh, my mind, my heart, my desires are struggling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when that comes up, uh, I'm hungry for that phone. <laughs> um, well, what do you do with that desire? You're going to say, admit it. I would say, confess mm -hmm. it to God. God, I'm, I'm whipped. Strung out. <laughs> I'm, I'm whipped by my phone yeah. and give me new desires. Yeah. Yeah. Or call, phone a friend. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. Let's get outside, walk in the negative eight degree weather. Um, yeah. So just in closing, you know, I, one kind of final point is, is that I, I do think that first of all, we, we, when we give something up in Lent, we're giving up something that's good so that we can recover it in a new way. So you're, you're not going to give up sin for Lent mm. because you should give that up every day, right? Mm. You know, like we're not saying, I mean, we should always die to ourselves and, and, you know, like sinful habits. Like we don't just give those up and then reclaim them on Easter. Right. You know? <laughs> um, we're actually talking about giving up things that could be really good things. Like, so let's say somebody gives up coffee for Lent. Part of the joy of Easter is going through the Starbucks drive-through and getting a nice Americano and being like, oh man, Tastes Christ good. is risen. He is yeah, risen indeed. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a cool, um, there was a Ukrainian Orthodox church that I got to know a little bit, some of the people there in Thunder Bay. And Ukrainians are really interesting people, interesting history. But one of the things they would do is they would fast from certain things for Lent. And on Easter, they would bring these baskets of food. And, and it would be all the things that they had been fasting from. So hmm. if it's bread, it's cheese, or whatever it My cell is. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they would bring those things to the church. Mm -hmm. And then they would put them up near the altar space. And then they would all be blessed. 
Oh, cool. So they'd have this blessing, and then you would take that home and, uh-huh. and have that for your feast. So I thought that was really kind of a cool communal way to celebrate and understand fasting. It's like, Yeah, and it, it, I, th- I would say that avoids a potential misunderstanding or abuse of fasting. We've talked about Gnosticism mm-hmm. on the podcast before, this denial of the body, denial of pleasure. Like, we as Christians are not party poopers. Yeah. Like, we're, yeah. we're like, we recognize the goodness of God's created things, but we want to reclaim this, them as blessings and not idols, right? Gotcha. Gotta keep them in their place, right? So Put them in check. All right. Yeah. Do you want to hear a, a joke? I've been holding on to this. Are it, we going to fast from dad jokes? Maybe uh, for I one. don't know. Can't I give don't that think up. so. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> go ahead. So this is, I think it's really good. It, it's Valentine's Day and it's, it's, it's a, a bunch of things. So what did the French chef give to his wife for Valentine's Day? I, I don't know. A hug and a quiche. <laughs> and on that hug note, <laughs> we will see you next time. Hug and a quiche. Hug and a quiche. All right. See you next time.